Welcome on in my Boom Factor family. Let's start off this awesome, awesome morning with our morning prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the glory and power forever. Amen. Amen. Um, I like to always add Psalms 23. I've taught my children those two most important passages out of the Bible. And if you can teach your children that, that's something solid that will not fade away. So we're going to read from Psalms 23. Um, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He making me lie down in green pastures. He leading me besides the still waters. He restored my soul. He leading me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, thy comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup running over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. All the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. <clears throat> so it seems like maybe it's a cliche, but this is the word of God, and that's the only thing I can hold on to. And a lot of things that are happening in the world right now. You may feel like it's easy to read that word. It's easy to recite the word. But will it? Is it easy to live it? Well, that's where the challenge comes in, you guys. Are you going to be doers of the word? Or are you just going to be readers only? Or hearers only? When you start applying the word of God to your life, one thing I can tell you, the enemy don't like it. Because it becomes alive, it becomes powerful, it becomes anointed, and I found myself more expressing and living the word, um, the more I could see the hand of God move in my life. So, whatever passage that you choose to read from out of the Bible, meditate on it, eat it, think on it. Ask the Lord, what does it mean for you when you take time out to read that passage? How can you apply it to your life? Even when you don't see nothing happening and you feel like you're all alone, I'm going to tell you right now, you're not alone, okay? You're not alone. It may seem like the pressure of life is really putting you your back against the wall, but that's a good place for God to show up and show out. That's a good place for a boom factor to come and demonstrate his love for you, okay? So let's take this time this morning. 
um, to just um, thank God for another day. I woke up, looked around, I said, oh, I'm still here. <laughs> okay, what's the assignment today, Lord? I thought I had a assignment yesterday, but my, I don't know, this system, I don't know what I'll be doing, you guys. Um, I, I let it do the updates, and when it do the updates, it like it changed stuff, and then it, it has such has a challenge for me because I'm accustomed seeing my stuff in a certain way and then when it switch I'm like okay why is this like this you know then I go and try to fix it back and then I mess something else up so um <clears throat> with that said you guys go ahead have a blessed and awesome day today uh I'm gonna try to do a Facebook live on Boom Factor um Facebook page So just be looking out for that throughout the day. I will be reposting some messages that I've previous done. So whenever you hear me say anything about Rainbow Gospel Radio, um, that's just the radio station that, yes, I was a part of. Yes, I did help build that radio station. Yes, my seeds and investments was in that radio station. And now God had just launched me into doing the Boom Factor show on my uh, podcast. We have been nominated again this year uh, with three nominations, and that's a good thing, just to be nominated. Um, So I appreciate that. And when you hear that, just like, just go to Boom Factor TV. You can still download the app, and it has awesome music, I mean, local artists that have played on that radio station um, and any local artists out there just email them and um, they'll put your music in rotation and so um, prayerfully because I still send stuff over there but I don't get no response um, we just leave that in God's hand amen so Dr. D is out I love you guys peace go to Rhythm of Gospel Musical Awards let's vote for the Boom Factor Without the Danielle Irvin, E-R-V-I-N. You got to vote for everybody in that category. For mine to count, I'm 60, 61, and 62. Okay? God bless you. Salam. They're designed to block small particles from entering the nose and mouth. Dr. William Schaffner of Vanderbilt University Medical Center says wearing an N95 is serious business. We have to be fit tested. We have to demonstrate that we know how to put them on and wear them. And they're difficult to wear. That's the kind of protection that really works. But what most people on the streets are wearing is something else. Cheap, disposable surgical masks. And Schaffner says the evidence that these masks protect against infection is meager. The general sense is perhaps, but they're certainly not an absolute protection. The 
protect you against visible splash or spray of fluid or large droplets. It's just a physical barrier. Rhina McIntyre is an infectious disease researcher at the University of New South Wales in Australia. She's studied the efficacy of face masks. She says surgical masks don't provide a tight fit. Small, airborne particles can still get through. But her research suggests surgical masks can lower the risk of getting infected if you're at home in close contact with a family member who has a respiratory illness, but only if you wear the mask right. Which means wearing it all the time when you are in the same room as the infected person. And being careful not to touch the front of the mask when removing it. Otherwise, you could end up contaminating yourself. As for wearing a surgical mask outdoors in public, Mary Beth Sexton of the Emory University School of Medicine says that's not necessary. If you're in the U.S. or another country where the risk of catching the Wuhan coronavirus is considered low. When you're out in the open air, you've got a lot of good airflow. It's really going to be in enclosed spaces with people who are contagious that you have the most risk of transmission. She says wearing a face mask is a good idea if you're ill and need to go see the doctor. But that's really to keep you from getting other people sick. Otherwise, she says, leave the face mask for the people who need them, like healthcare workers and people with symptoms, so we don't end up with mask shortages. Rhina McIntyre says the calculation of whether to wear a face mask is different for people in a place like Wuhan, China, the epicenter of the current outbreak. If it's someone in Wuhan, where most of the cases have been, then there might be some value. There's a lot of unknowns about this infection, that's the problem. And wherever you are, there is something that all the infectious disease experts I spoke with recommend we all do to keep from getting sick. Wash your hands a lot. Hand washing, for sure, constantly, frequently, all the time, summer, winter, whatever. Maria Godoy, NPR News. And now, more from NPR. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. The Philippines is reporting the first fatality outside China from the new coronavirus that's killed more than 300 people in China. Michael Sullivan reports. The Philippines Department of Health says the man who died on Saturday was 44 years old and from Wuhan. Vietnam has declared the virus an epidemic and has stopped all flights to and from China. It has also reported its seventh confirmed case a Vietnamese-American who fell ill after transiting from Wuhan. The Philippines is among the handful of countries that are temporarily banning travelers from China, the U.S., Japan, Italy, Singapore, and Australia imposing similar restrictions despite criticism from Beijing and a World Health Organization assessment that says such restrictions are unnecessary. Eritrea is calling a separate travel ban on its citizens unfriendly. NPR's Ada Peralta reports by some estimates the Trump administration has now placed travel restrictions on about a quarter of the African population. The government of Eritrea says it has lobbied many countries to stop giving asylum to its citizens. Eritrea, which is one of the most authoritarian countries in the world, has lost about 10% of its population in recent years. So the travel ban, the government says, really 
suits their needs, but it has nothing to do with stemming emigration out of Eritrea. Instead, the Ministry of Information said in a statement, it quote, singles out Eritrea without justification, and because of that, the government is dismayed with quote, this unfriendly act. The Trump administration says the bans are to ensure national security, but critics have called them racist and xenophobic. Ada Pralta, NPR News, Nairobi. In Australia, authorities have lifted a state of emergency near the capital. NPR's Rebecca Hersher reports a bushfire burning south of Canberra is slowly being brought under control by firefighters. The fire started in a national park nearly a week ago, and days of hot, dry weather helped feed the flames. As temperatures soared above 100 degrees going into the weekend, authorities warned that the fire could expand rapidly and threaten villages on the outskirts of Canberra. But helicopters and fire crews successfully held back the blaze. Officials now say the immediate danger has passed, although the fire will likely continue to burn for weeks. Farther south, the hottest, most fire-prone weeks of the year are just beginning. While bushfires are a natural and important part of Australian ecosystems, climate change is driving longer and more severe fire seasons in populated parts of the country. Rebecca Hersher, NPR News, Victoria, Australia. Novak Djokovic has won his eighth Australian Open tennis title. Djokovic came from behind to beat Austria's Dominic team in the men's singles final a short time ago. You're listening to NPR News. All right, you heard it first. They discussed the types of masks and um, the masks that I showed you guys on Friday. They recommended that uh, it'll help, but uh, to really be safe, you have to get uh, the other N95 respirator surgical mask. Well, they call it a surgical mask. It's the thin mask that the doctors wear when they do surgery. But the N95 respirator mask is what they put on to deal with the virus. It's two type of masks. And I'll take a picture and put it on it the Boom Factor TV Facebook page. You can go over there and check that out. But good morning. This has been Boom Factor Breaking News with Dr. D coming from the NPR newscast worldwide. God bless. charged with the death of his three-year-old nephew is due to face a judge. The young child died this afternoon at Memorial Hermann Hospital, where he had been since he was found on Thursday. Melvin Omar Morales Gomez is accused of causing what Harris County Sheriff Ed Gonzalez called a horrific, heartbreaking case of abuse. Morales Gomez is not a U.S. citizen. There is an ice hold in place which could impact his ability to appear in court. 
Tomorrow, a town hall is being hosted for those impacted by the Watson grinding explosion. The goal is to educate people about their property rights and damages. It's believed that an electrical spark ignited a gas leak. Investigators say there was no warning system to alert the company about the leak. They haven't pinpointed yet just where that leak was. Wow. If you want to vote in the primaries 